Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. No Wojo, although he will join us coming up at 632. Very excited for that. He'll do a little uh, scene setter from Washington, D.C. as Michigan State going to take on LSU. Just a quick note because we're going to do college basketball here leading you up to uh, Tigers baseball uh, on 97 on the ticket. But that little blip right there that Wooly mentioned about, you know, Detroit and Dallas, you know, always hosting a Thanksgiving game and it being an advantage to them. I'm sorry, this might be an unpopular opinion here in Detroit. The Lions should have been stripped of the Thanksgiving game a long time ago. Like they are so very much undeserving of having a Thanksgiving Day game anymore. I mean, it's 2019. They've been embarrassed how many times? Over and over and over. They clearly don't take advantage of it. They should rotate it. They should give it to better teams. They should give us better football. I'm tired of watching the Lions on Thanksgiving. I really am. I would have no problem if the NFL just said, yeah, uh, sorry, guys, you had it for long enough. Um, You didn't take advantage of it, so we're going to strip you of that because we want to actually watch good football. Yeah, unpopular opinion, that's fine. You might not like it, but I'm stunned that the NFL hasn't just sacked up and done it because the only fan base that would be angry about it would be Detroit. But you know what? You'd get over it. And you'd be happy because then maybe on Thanksgiving at 1230, uh, we'd be able to watch a real quality football game instead of watching the Lions go out there and attempt to play football. Rant over. Hi, it's Bogey. Uh, Leading you up to, again, Tigers baseball coming your way at 640. Now, I want to jump right in. Michigan State and LSU, of course, tipping off. What, a little over an hour from now in Washington, D.C.? So I certainly welcome you know Michigan State fans as you're getting ready. Maybe you're on your way to the bar. Maybe you're on your way to your buddy's house. Whatever it may be, I, we'll do a sphincter check. How you feeling? Do you think Michigan State's going to get to the Elite Eight? I'll throw the phone number out there, 248-539-9797. And ticket text, is it 97136? But I got to start with Michigan as well because last night against Texas Tech, it was... It was the type of game that you lose if you know, you're know you a program maybe that is trying to, to get somewhere, trying to be built up. You know, like Michigan many years ago, they had no business, you know, getting to the next round and they ended up getting housed by Blake Griffin in Oklahoma. But like they got absolutely everything out of that team and included Zach Novak and Novak got posterized by Blake Griffin. You can understand when a team gets blown out like that when you're building it. But when you're an established program and John Beeline has built this thing up, you know, to a point where you should be competing. And if you're going to get eliminated in a tournament game, it should be like how they got eliminated in in Indianapolis in 2014. You know, Aaron Harrison hitting an unbelievable three point shot. Karis Levert almost, almost able to tip the ball. He didn't. Michigan loses a heartbreaker. You know, to not advance to the second consecutive Final Four. That's how you lose those games when you've reached a point that John Beeline has elevated this program to. 
You don't go out there and score 16 points in the first half and get completely embarrassed and have Reggie Miller, you know, wondering whether or not they put lids on the rim. That was rough. It was. Now, at the same token, you can look at it and go, and I was talking to Mike about this before he very rudely told me to shut up and just, you know, he wanted to get home and, you know, I'm sure he's a little nervous about Michigan State tonight, but I did say it felt like Michigan was peaking way too early this season. And you talk to any coach, a coach would much rather have an early 10 or 12 point deficit as opposed to a 10 or 12 point lead. You just would because it's your natural instinct. It's your natural you know, inclination to relax a little bit and think, okay, this is going to be easy. And the moment that you start to think, oh man, this is going to be easy. That's when a team jumps on you. And I think most coaches would say that. So when Michigan starts the year, you know, 25 and 0, I know it wasn't 25 and 0, but you get my point. I get why this team got a little bit full of themselves and got a little bit cocky. And I was wondering if John Beeline was going to be able to reel these guys back in. And clearly he wasn't able to. He wasn't able to adjust offensively. Texas Tech's defense, coupled with, I think, a better offense, certainly, than Michigan is able to put out there. Not surprising that they went out there and got clowned like that. But I do think there's a few different reasons why it happened. One, yes, Michigan played way too well, way too early. They just did. Number two, Michigan's lack of depth absolutely killed them as the season went on. And look, if you're going to make a deep tournament run, you got to have the outliers. You got to have the random role players that are hitting big shots. Hell, look at a guy like Ryan Klein for Purdue. He just hit another three as they upset Tennessee last night and ruined, I'm sure, a lot of people's brackets. You got to have Spike Albrecht. You got to have a Karis LeVert. Michigan didn't have that. They had Isaiah Livers coming off that bench and not much else. They never truly established who their backup point guard was going to be. Eli Brooks ended up taking it by the end of the season, sure, but David DeJulius never really coming on. That didn't help. You know, Michigan had a really talented freshman class coming in and none of them were ready to go. Brandon Johns kind of being, you know, the headliner, the kid from Lansing, and I'm sure he'll probably have a much better sophomore campaign than freshman campaign as they develop, but the fact that none of them were ready to play, that killed Michigan. It really did. So you can sit there and go, wow, this team had its limitations, and I do think John Beeline got a heck of a lot out of this group. I do. And if, you know, a Sweet 16 is poo-pooed and looked at as, you know, a giant failure, fine. But that's also a credit to John Beeline and to the Michigan basketball program for getting it back to that point. A point which I never thought they would get back to. God, you remember the Ellerby and Amaker years. Oh my God, they were miserable. And now John Beeline has raised those expectations. But with those expectations, you're going to have people who are going to be angry and bitterly disappointed when you go out and get embarrassed on a national stage. I'd love to hear from Michigan fans though, because I do think, I don't think there needs to be this one way of looking at it. Oh my God, it's a failure beeline, you know, screwed everything up. What was he doing? I get that. I get the criticism. Totally do. At the same time, my God, clearly this team had major flaws and they weren't good enough 
to go up against the big boys. To go up against teams that are deep, that can score, and that can defend your ass. And it showed. So yeah, you lose in the Sweet 16. You're not going any further. You didn't win the Big Ten, even though you had a chance to. You didn't beat Michigan State. That was a you know, thorn in your side all season long, or at least over the last two months, because they didn't play until the end of the season. All that's not good. But that also doesn't mean that, that nothing was accomplished. I, I just don't live in a world where that's you know the ultimatum. But the phone number is 248-539-9797. Ticket text is at 97136. As far as Michigan State is concerned tonight, I'm nervous. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm real freaking nervous, okay? LSU can be terrifying. And I know that Wooly, you know, made a little pun there in his update, you know, talking about how Tom Izzo is is very afraid about dealing with the size of their men. That was very funny of Wooly to slip that in there and think that I wasn't going to laugh about it or bring it up on the show. But it is a legitimate concern. Like Naz Reed to me is a guy who can play in the NBA 12 to 15 years, be a tremendous role player, or maybe just a stretch four because you know what? He's big enough to bang inside and rebound and maybe get you into foul trouble. But he's also the guy that can step out and knock down some threes. And and that, to me, drawing Xavier Tillman away from the basket can be a huge, huge key for LSU tonight. I also would say this is going to be on full display tonight. Cassius Winston, not the greatest athlete in the world. Admittedly so. You know, I think he was asked last week, if I'm not mistaken, you know, so do you ever get tired of people, uh, you know, saying that you're not a great athlete? And he goes, I mean, it's true because it is. LSU is going to throw quicker defenders at Cassius Winston. Will he be able to rely on, you know, the hesitation, setting himself up, creating an angle, a pathway to the basket with that? I don't know. He's constantly using that off arm to be able to create a little bit of space, whether it be getting to the rim, whether it be stepping back for a jumper. Can he do that against higher quality athletes? Maybe he can, but I think that's going to be absolutely critical because you know LSU is going to be going right at him. Their entire defensive game plan is going to be focused on him. So you're going to need Matt McQuaid you know, to knock down some shots. You're going to need Xavier Tillman to make sure, one, he's not in foul trouble, and two, that he can finish a few inside maybe when they come up in high hedge because you know what's going to happen. They're going to be trying to get the ball out of Cassius Winston's hands all night. I'm real worried about it. I am. And I was just as worried about Michigan against Texas Tech as well. I'm not going to be the bracket guy and be like, hey, you know, the only team that I missed on was Tennessee because I did have Texas Tech beating Michigan. That doesn't mean I felt good about that matchup. I wanted them to win, just like I want Michigan State to win tonight because, hey, it's good for us. Stuff to talk about. But how are you feeling if you're a Michigan State fan here? We got... I don't know, less than an hour now until tip-off in Washington, D.C. I'd also love to hear from Michigan fans. The phone number is 248-539-9797. We'll get straight to the phones coming up. Bogey and Wojo, 97.1. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.